Hello, I'm Stefan Uteborg. I'm the CEO and founder of Cake Motorcycles. I beat the orphan path by uh, basically supporting my purposes uh, and uh, passion and, you know, somewhat making a business out of that. Um, well, I guess that's my, my take on it. Welcome back to the Beat the Often Path podcast. I'm your host, Ross Palmer. Joining me today is Stefan Utterborn, the CEO and co-founder of Cake, a Swedish tech company making light and totally silent off-road and commuter electric motorcycles. They've raised over $70 million in funding so far, and their ambitious goal is to create the cleanest dirt bike ever, striving to approach that magical, completely fossil-free goal. I've managed to make the dirtiest clean bike ever, but that's somewhat less interesting, and I've lost the ability to make a good joke ever since I became a father. Cake was listed to Time Magazine's 100 Most Important Inventions Award in 2021, and they're reimagining electric transportation from the ground up. So here's Stefan Utterborn of Cake. That sounds good. Well, I'm never going to be able to pronounce your name correctly. I'll try in the intro. I'll work oh. on it. <laughs> but I like all oh, of the different it. dips and ups and downs. But thank you for joining yeah, me yeah. all the way from Sweden. We're very far away from each other, so it is an honor yeah. to have you here. You have done some incredibly cool stuff. Uh, you have uh, some incredible products, and I was curious to get some insight into how you arrived at this company idea, how you arrived at these types of products, and get some insight into your brain. Yeah, we'll see if, if you know where that takes us. But uh, basically, you know, at this point in life, I'm running a company named Cake Electric Motorcycles that that I actually started, you know, operationally back in 2016. And I think I'll get back to it in a while, but uh, generally my, my, you know, my, the, the common denominator in everything I've been doing throughout my life has been to bring purpose. And, and um, you know, I've done that through a number of different journeys. Uh, uh, I'd say that uh, everything has had some kind of a, a user focus in terms of providing physical products. Uh, so prior to starting Cake, uh, I was... Uh, I founded a company named POC with the mission of saving lives and reducing consequences of accidents by developing uh, better and more accurate protection for gravity sports athletes, skiers, snowboarders, cyclists, and so forth. Um, and uh, the, the cake journey started for, for other reasons, basically. I, I actually ran into an electric motorbike at a sports trade show in Munich named ISPO in 2013. And I'm not a motorcycling geek. I'm, I'm, I'm rather the opposite, a guy who, you know, puts my finger up when there's a Rory Ducati passing by in the street, feeling like, hey, get lost, you're disturbing. So, mm. but what, what really got me going back then was, you know, I you know, jumped, you know, bumped into that bike and, and, and felt like, wow, that's interesting, a vessel to be able to bring me back country without disturbing or without polluting. So I got the bike and that's, you know, I was, I was stoked from day one when I started riding those bikes. So that's pretty much the, the random, you know, uh, uh, thing that 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 occurred and that 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 led me in, you know led me to 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 get started. So that was an e-bike that you tried, an electric bike. Yeah, yeah, that was the first electric e-bike. So what I did was basically running into this this electric whatever, and uh, you know with the the, um, the 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 insight of of realizing that being able to get out there without you know polluting or disturbing was what yeah. got got me going. And and from there, I have you know. Uh, a number of stories, you know, that, that, you know, from one thing to another, one thing led to another. And uh, I'd say that, that just sharing a few of those perspectives was, you know, um, with, with friends, anything from, you know, motorcycling pros riding these bikes, getting back to me saying, hey, Stefan, it's amazing. 
It's more like, you know, uh, skiing powder in the woods without the need for snow or slope, silent and flowy and fantastic. And then I had young women for the first time trying these bikes. Uh, and when I'm talking about bikes, what really happened was that I bought, I got that first bike and a few summers later, I actually had more than 10 bikes in my barn at my country house from different, you know, you know, suppliers at the time, early stage. Anyhow, these young women for the first time daring to jump on a motorbike due to the fact that there was no scary noise. You didn't need to clutch. You didn't need to change gears. So, you know, helmets on, boots on and idling away really slowly and then getting back to me after 20 minutes, you know, at high speed sliding in front of me saying, hey, Stefan, this is the most amazing thing I've done in my life. And that's when I started realizing that, you know, it, 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 it's, it's inclusive. Anyone can ride. And uh, uh, it's, it's something that, that uh, will flip the motorcycle space upside down, to, you know, to, to some extent. And, and that was a thrilling kind of or, or inspiring experience. And um, that together with a number of other things that, you know, came to support my, 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 my decision at one point that I need to start a business. I have a, you know, perspective on this that, that I'm not saying that, that it is the only one, but uh, it made me uh, uh, having to start this business and, you know, uh, move forward. Yeah. Well, it's a common thing to collect these things once you've tried them. I want to collect them. Since I got my first e-bike, the desire is to get different kinds of e-bikes because they have different functions, one without shocks, one with shocks, one that can go up yeah, mountains, yeah. one that's for daily yeah. commuting. So I understand how you ended up with 10 of them. And I'd say that. Yeah. So and that was stage two, so I'd say that. Go ahead. Stage two. I was going to say, knowing that, um, that you have all of these different competitors in the market already. What was it that made you think, what was the insight that you thought you had that was different than what was already out yeah. there? So, so basically everything in the market at the time uh, would be, uh, uh, you know, uh, just swapping drivetrain from combustion engine to, to electric. Everything else the same, uh, you know, when it comes to sizing and geometry and kinematics and, and all that. And, and the thing is that, those those components or aspects of, of, of a, a combustion engine motorbike, they, they've developed over time to support the combustion engine drivetrain, while the character of an electric one is totally different. And no one was really optimizing the chassis uh, uh, together with the electric drivetrain. The consequence of that was that they needed to put on tons of battery cells to promote, to promote the, the, le the level of performance they were intending to achieve. My take on that was very different, uh, and you know, uh, I just you know my 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 gut feel, feeling told me that if I could build super light instead, uh, and therefore being able to reduce the number of battery cells with you know a lighter vehicle, I could potentially get to the same performance, but with a totally different you know category or or or, or type of of, of, of uh, you know motorcycle, and that's where you know that was the kind of product. Uh, uh, I'd say uh, spark or, or 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 aspect that that got me going, and that happens in conjunction with, you know, a market which is transitioning towards electric, and uh, that would actually boom when it comes to you know where our line part of future revenues would come from, which is basically urban transportation. We will always stick to you know the off-road side of things, and that's where we started. But that has more to do with our you know perspective on sustainability which is basically, you know, dealing with what we think is that the worst enemy against sustainability, which is our pace of consumption. We buy too much garbage too often that, that ends up, you know, being thrown away before we know it. So in this case, our, our kind of 
core direction is to make sure that we can extend life cycles. And we do that through four parameters, which is, is, is purpose, innovation, performance, and physical quality. And therefore, we need to understand what it takes, you know, to develop a bike that would jump 30 yards and do a double flip to be able to implement that kind of, you know, know-how when it comes to making engineering material and so forth into bikes being used for, you know, commuting. So uh, it's that perspective of, of off-road and utility that kind of embraces what we're, we're trying to achieve. And have you achieved that? 30 feet jumps and double backflips on it? Yeah, yeah, that, that's, that's happening. And that, that is an ongoing. We're actually launching next week a uh, next generation of performance bikes. I saw that. that you know, takes this. It'll be in the past future. when this episode airs, but <laughs> from today yeah, it's in yeah. the future. Yeah. Yeah. Exciting. So you have a range of different bikes for different purposes. So what is the sustain? Yes. Why is the sustainability idea tied to the dirt bike specifically? What about that one? Well, I, I think that, you know, in general, again, that's where we get the knowledge from in terms of, of, of how to. Uh, how to make produce tough stuff and... which is rigid enough to, to support yeah. the extended life cycle perspective mm-hmm. in general. So we, we always need to make sure that we're in the forefront in terms of, of, of performance and uh, you know uh, to, 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 to ensure that there is that, that uh, durability component to what we do. And mm-hmm. it's also you know when it comes to, uh, to the, the actual bike itself, but also to, to understand, uh, the technical side of the the uh, drivetrain, uh, which is an ongoing, uh, and and you know again we're in a space which is developing super fast, so uh, we need to make sure that we understand those aspects as well, and not being victimized by someone else uh, who's actually leading the the, uh, the 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 motor side of things, uh, uh, because th- th- that same you know type of, of of insight that we we gain from that. Is you know differently, but but with with the need for power. Speaking about utility vehicles, for instance, on two wheels, it's going to be very much and it's increasing radically uh, the need for urban transportation and two wheelers for efficiency, not ending up in 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 traffic jams, being able to pull you know volume and weight and trailers and whatnot, and uh, therefore the performance side of things, even though. In that case, not meant to jump 30, 30 yards or do a double flip, but to pull, you know, heavy loads uh, comes together in a in a, a, a an appropriate way for us to be to be able to actually support uh, the best kind of uh, you know the best we can in terms of supporting needs and functionalities in regards to uh, the more the more urban utility like you know uh, usage of our, our our bikes. I think that's a brilliant idea. It makes perfect sense that you can make something that's even more durable by starting it somewhere else. So there's nowadays this big spectrum. We're talking about a wave of things that are coming. There's a spectrum between just motorcycles and a traditional bicycle. And this e-bike category is sort of everything in between. I don't know how it is regulated in Sweden, but here they have some loose regulations where you can only go up to 28 miles per hour on an e-bike. And then you need to have a motorcycle license to go beyond that. So how did you decide things like maximum speed, all of that, knowing that there are these weird regulatory clients? How is it in yeah. Sweden in terms of what you can and can't do? You know, it's, it's kind of complex, but the, the beauty here is that everything is, is digital. So we can actually, uh, you know, uh, prepare the bikes digitally to support the different, you know, regulations and, 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 and aspects in, in regards to speed. Uh, to you know, power in general, to uh, 
whether you know in one state you know can ride a specific vehicle from from your 13 and another one when you're 15 and, and whatnot so actually with 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 the you know the the, the total you know, range of, of five different platforms we have everything from you know uh, something that anyone can use without the driver's license at whatever age you know through mopeds and scooters and light motorcycles to, to heavy motorcycles so Basically, what we've had to do to make sure that there are no voids in what we're offering in regards to lawmaking regulations, and again, different in different countries and be, between states and so forth. And thank God, everything can be tuned uh, software-wise just before delivery. So, you know, one the same bike might have different specs uh, between two two you know states bordering each other in in America. So. Uh, and if that had been combustion, we would have had to do this mechanically. But thank God, it's it, just, it's not. You just set a governor on it. So what yeah. is the top spec bike that you produce in terms of range and speed? So well, that's, that's in the uh, I works. mean, depending on what you look, so looking at off-road bikes, uh, it's it's uh, something which is you know uh, speaking about this is 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 it's 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 sorry it's 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 very you know detailed, but. Uh, it's something that that actually uh, you know performs uh, with with 450 newton meters at the back wheel, which is extreme torque. It's something that uh, you know speed wise would take you miles wise. That it, it's an off road bike, so its top speed is not crucial. It's the torque, but it it, it gets you to uh, you know about 70 miles per hour. Mm-hmm. And uh, range wise, you can ride that on a medium riding mode for like three hours. And uh, I'd say on the utility side of things, you have, you know, bikes that would, you know, pull a car out from the, the, the side of the street. And uh, you can actually ride that for, you know, 200 Ks, which ought to be like, you know, 120, 130 miles, I guess. That's incredible. That's some legitimate specs. I mean, that's that's rivals pretty much what you'd get from a combustion engine, at least, right? What would yeah, a combustion I, engine not, bike? You know, again, I, I, you know... It, one need to be be super honest and transparent about things because I think that the elect the, the way electric you know has come now in terms of development it's it's much more appropriate for short distances you know the average battery sizing would actually bring you you know uh, you know for commuting like you know three to four hours and 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 uh, you know the radius should be extend of you know the, the distances that that, that you you you're, you're riding shouldn't be you know extending maybe you know 60 to 70 miles or, or something like that so electric the way it is as of now and I'm sure that it'll be you know developments combining electric and hydrogen and stuff that will promote the, the aspect of what motorcycling in the you know in, in that specific context and now I'm speaking about touring you know t- riding a bike from coast to coast and whatever it might be this is not happening yet because the electric drive trains actually limit your 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 your, your you know your, your your ability for distance but right now we have this amazing project actually a colleague of ours uh, she's the uh, business to business sales responsible for Germany Sinje Gottwald, she's now riding uh, one of our bikes from uh, southern Spain to South Africa. And she's just, you know, she's through Morocco at this point. So, Whoa, okay. You're actually with an extra battery able to charge the bike on, on her way down. And she's, you know, she's uh, one third of the, of, of the of, has come th- one third of the distance. But it's not the practical combustion ending touring kind of, you know, experience. It is different. Mm. That's really cool. What a great marketing campaign, though. So 
that that's even possible yeah, yeah, or theoretically I mean, possible. We, it's great. We didn't come up with it. She's she's a super brave woman. I mean, yeah. just thinking about you know riding by yourself through Africa, being a woman, uh, you know, in, I, I'm scared just been, for myself. You know, <laughs> yeah, I've seen that uh, Ewan McGregor video, "Long Way Down, Long Way Around." That inspired yeah. a lot of people. If you're familiar with those similar concepts, absolutely. Yeah, but I had respect for them too, especially riding through the yeah, rain absolutely. and the elements. And absolutely. now that you don't even have gas to fall back on, she requires an electric grid to do it. That's incredible. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, more power to her. I can't wait to see the results of that. You'll have to send me the link when when that uh, journey yeah, yeah, is complete. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, um, without promoting this through your channel, and we're not promoting it through ours, uh, our you know our our cake channels. But you can actually it's it's cindia.gotvald uh, Instagram wise. Yeah, okay. uh, and uh, she she posts her, her her you know experiences on a daily basis, and it's worthwhile following. Actually, it's 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 amazing. That's incredible. Well, one of these things. So you start with a certain idea. You start with a, what you think is a gap in the market. You're trying to make this thing lighter. You're trying to make it tougher. How has the response been? Which community or group of people has been the most responsive to what you've been doing? Have there been uses for it that have come out that you didn't expect when you began? I think that, you know, to be honest with you, not being a motorcycling guy myself from the beginning, I was a bit shy to, to address the motorcycling market. So the first thing I do is actually, you know, launching uh, the first off-road bike, the first bike we did, the, the Calc bike, a limited edition 50 units uh, at the outdoor retailer show in Denver in 2018. Mm. And, you know, it's, it's an outdoor show. So fellow exhibitors would be anything from Patagonia to Marmot or North Face or whatever. And that target group really, you know, got the message and, and the idea about, you know, exploring with respect, being, you know, be, being able to get out there uh, without disturbing or without polluting. Um, but again, I, I have a strong belief in, in, in product and, and, and the proof is in the pudding. So if you actually, you know, do it without, you know, taking any shortcuts or without cheating. Uh, I mean, in this case, we've developed everything from scratch to be able to to get to that point of actually making stuff as light as possible. So there was nothing off the shelf that we could use. Everything has been engineered and tooled and manufactured to, to support the, the, you know, the low weight in that sense. And I think that uh, what happened was that we got tons of attention uh, from the motorcycling community as well, just because the product actually did, you know, serve performance aspects and, 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 you know, it rode extremely well and so forth. So uh, what has happened, which is a bit of a surprise, is that we have, I'd say, 50% of our customers would be traditional motorcyclists and 50% would be, you know, anything from mountain bike people or just people that are curious about, you know, uh, the, the uh, electrification side of things and, and, and in need for, you know, Many, you know, a lot of people in the, for for urban use uh, would be people who are, who are figuring what the future mean of transportation will be in the light of of you know uh, responsibility and 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 sustainability matters. That makes perfect sense. Have you ever heard of this show called Adam Ruins Everything? Do you know this show? It's no. an American show. He's a guy, and he tries to debunk popular things. Some years ago, he had a show called Adam Ruins Everything. And on that show, he explained that for many people who have an existing combustion engine car, it actually makes more sense to hang on to their old car than to buy a new electric vehicle yeah. like a new Tesla. Because just because you're powering it with solar power or because you're plugging it into an electric grid, obviously, you have to yeah. make the car, you have to make the batteries, you have to mine the materials to do that. Yeah. So one of the concerns that I have generally about the future, we have a lot of gadgets now just in general in the market 
top and down, small gadgets, big gadgets, all of these things, many of the times are made from plastic or cheap components. So I know that you're trying to make what you say is the cleanest dirt bike on the planet. How do you factor in those other back-end sustainability things into what you're doing? So I think that uh, it's important to understand what the transition actually means from, from an infrastructure perspective. And I think that what's happening, and you can see that uh, in Europe more clearly at this point, uh, where cars are actually being banned from, 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 from the urban kind of landscape. And when they need for transportation within these city limits, you need to have something, you know, you can walk or you can take the bus or you can, you know, ride the bicycle. But when there's, you know, parcels and goods and whatever that, that it needs to be, be, be uh, you know, delivered, uh, th- these type of vehicles make perfect sense. And, uh, you know, I, I have the same debate with myself. I have a wonderful old Land Rover at my country house. It's like a tractor. Should I just, you know, replace that by something electric? No, I don't think it's, it's a smart idea. So some of the transition happening is faster due to a number of things, not at least lawmaking regulations that we can see in Europe. Other things is on our side to inspire that the next vehicle you buy for transportation needs should be something which is cleaner than what you used before. And uh, with this initiative we're doing together with Vattenfall, being one of the big power companies in Europe, uh, is basically turning every nut and bolt to make sure that we understand what can be improved. So uh, in that process, it's 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 anything from the general, you know, uh, energy being used to produce, uh, how it's being produced, where it comes from, and so forth. But also understanding, you know, the aspects of shipping and distribution. Where can we, you know, sh- produce as close as we possibly can uh, to to our users and customers? How can we, you know, change uh, use of material, uh, you know, from from plastic to something which is you know, a, a paper-based, uh, hard, you know, uh, plastic replacement uh, to, to um, so it, it's it's really something that has the, you know, the, the intention behind that project, pro, behind that project it, which is an open source project, is being announced on a six to eight weeks basis on our website, is to inspire the automotive industry to understand or that where we actually openly share our successes and our failures uh, promoting the idea of sharing competence as soon as fast as we can and and to avoid that people do the same mistakes as we do on this journey going forward. And I can tell you, a small company like Cake would never ever be able to do this unless we had this power company with the intention investing tens of millions of, 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 of dollars into a project which is really, you know, getting to the point where everything is being, you know, uh, judged, measured, uh, you know, questioned and, and uh, with the ambition of finding a better solution. Will we get to 100% fossil free? No chance. We'll always leave traces, but we might be able to get to 75 or 83%, which is amazing. And uh, so it's, it's a wonderful initiative. And, you know, we need to be humble about things because yeah. everything we do being human beings will leave traces. We just need yeah. to improve and make it less, you know, uh, conquering or, 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 or hostile when it comes to our common obligation towards planet Earth and make sure that we, we, we change matters, behaviors, means, and, 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 and you know, attitude, I think. 
I'm completely with you. And that's one of the core themes of this show is I personally don't believe or advocate for this all or nothing mentality, 100% or zero, or something doesn't matter unless it's 100%. I don't think that that's realistic. I think great reductions are a big win. And, and that could be in any category that's related to sustainability. But if you can reduce something by 75%, we can't say, oh, it's not 100, therefore it doesn't count. I think that's just... a oh. A BS way of looking at it. I think that's a, an incredible way of thinking because, again, that 75% might lead to the next generation of breakthroughs. If you don't start there, you never, you're never going to end up somewhere. But there is a class of people, and maybe it's more common here in the U.S. than in other countries in Europe. I'm not quite sure. But there's a class of people who, if something is not 100% of the way there, they say, aha, gotcha. It's, you yeah. know, you might as well just not do anything at all. And I've never bought that argument at all. I think improvements, because again, like you said, we can't exist without leaving a trace. It's impossible. A human being cannot yeah. exist in a zero trace way. And, and that said, I would also say that on our side, we would never, you know, uh, pound our chest and being cocky about, you know, the fact that we're electric and therefore saying that we're sustainable. This is, you know, far from reality. Uh, everything would be electric in 10 years from now. Yeah. But, you know, just looking at the majority of Tesla owners, think, believing that they do enough for environment by just driving a Tesla. Right. Uh, it's, you know, we have a much bigger challenge than that when it comes to, you know, promoting sustainability from a wide range of aspects that, you know, are connected to our lives and lifestyles and whatever it might be. So, again, a more holistic approach to, you know, uh, bringing everything that we, you know, can embrace in what we're doing uh, is something that we also want to share and therefore potentially inspiring the industry to a, you know, to a faster uh, improvement or, 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 yeah, you're with me. Yeah. Well, I think your goals along that side, that's one of the most interesting things that I find about your company. And when I discovered you, that's one of the things that, that I was the most interested in because there are a number of people who are just reselling you know the same cheap chinese product they're just putting a different sticker on it or slightly packaging it differently there are fewer companies in this space i think who are truly inventing every component from the ground up and who are actually asking themselves about those other footprint angles of the product they're making so the fact that you're doing that of every piece is deeply inspiring thank you yeah, not a question there. <laughs> That's just a statement. Um, but one of the things that is different, you know, I've lived in Europe for an extensive period of time. I visited Sweden, one of my favorite, Stockholm is my favorite city in the whole world, I think. Um, I love the Swedish attitude and the European attitude. But you mentioned those regula regulatory issues that are different than here in the United States. And certainly here, we're farther away from grasping some of those concepts because we don't have city centers as such, because we don't have these dense urban areas that you can easily walk yep. and you can easily bike or take a bus. Yep. People rely on cars for everything. So what we find, and, and certainly even in, in my neighborhood here in Los Angeles, there just isn't really an infrastructure for bikes. And the regulation is definitely behind in terms of what is classified as a bike. I mean, there are a couple of bike lanes, but they're not they're not off to the side of the road. They're not safe. They're just on the road. It's just paint on the road yeah, and cars yeah. are blasting past you at 40 miles an hour. Yeah. So we don't really know how to handle this emerging category. And something that I think is very logical to people who've lived in Europe, but is very foreign to Americans is the idea of a motorcycle or a bike as being a utility device, as taking yeah. your kids with you on the back, as doing your grocery shopping on a bike. And like you said, pulling stuff behind you on a motorcycle, that concept yeah. is completely alien to the vast majority of the United States, even though I think it's an incredible idea 
that more people should be like, I pick up my daughter on an e-bike on the back every single day from school because I lived in Amsterdam. I lived in Europe for, uh, for eight years, but people look at me like I'm crazy. They say, why are you doing that? Yeah. Yeah. I think that, that uh, looking at America as a whole, and you know this much better than I do, but this is just my shallow sure. kind of perspective. Yeah, it's fine, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, when it comes to, to, uh, to last mile deliveries, uh, already now in New York, you see guys on electric bikes with, with trailers uh, you know, being pulled. So I think that uh, when, it, when the matters of congestion, you know, and, and, and potentially also lawmaking regulations and so forth, you know, to a larger degree also impacts America, when it does, and if it does, uh, it's going to be a clear kind of uh, turning point. But I think that even before that, there there are so many, um, I'd say, benefits from a commercial perspective for someone who's last mile delivery company, not ending up, you know, with a truck in a, in a traffic jam, you know, delivering, you know, whatever it might be from, you know, door by door with a big truck. It's going to be, uh, you know, painfully uh, slow. It is painfully slow. And therefore, you can actually promote, you know, a much higher degree of efficiency and, you know, cost of, 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 of operation, which is, is, you know, every company in, in the, the, uh, the uh, transportation uh, space would, would appreciate. Uh, then in, in, in California, which I, I totally get, it's a different story. I think that uh, the type of, of vehicles that we're talking about here, uh, they serve a local community in a, in a great way, you know, with all of the small towns that you have along the coast. Instead of, you know, thinking that we should be using this as a commuter vessel, you know, from, from someone who lives north of San Diego that needs to go downtown L.A., uh, they'll never use one of our vehicles because it doesn't make sense. But we could serve someone who, uh, you know, uh, has a house, you know, inland from Venice Beach and has a, uh, you know, uh, their office is at Lincoln uh, Boulevard and, uh, you know, there's a, a decent 35-minute uh, commute in that sense, and they can pick up the kids, and they can go, you know, buying groceries and so forth. So I think that in a smaller scale, despite the, the difference between uh, America and 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 and, and uh, Europe when it comes to how how the cities are actually structured, I think that there are tons of user cases that will make sense to people in the, uh, you know, despite the difference. I, I absolutely agree, and I think the extended range and the extended speed is is key because if you can ride on a road that's an advantage now not everybody's comfortable riding on a road but that's a different question but if you can ride on a road you do have an advantage because you can go with the flow of traffic i think in some ways it's less dangerous because you're part of traffic versus where you're on a bike off to the side and cars are flying past you it's it's a different thing i mean you can do it and i do it all the time but it's it's scary so the thought yeah, is always I, in the back of your it. mind here. And, and that, that's, that's to be, I mean, that's why I think that the transition in cities like in Europe where Paris yeah. are banning cars, Holland decided to ban cars from all their cities by 2025 and so forth. Yep. And that's when, when things will become less hazardous and, 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 and when it comes to the safety aspects. Because again, you know, on a two-wheeler, uh, the level of protection is, is, is scary low, of course. There's nothing to it. It's, 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 you know, your skin and, and the metal of a car. So, yeah. again, it is, it, it is uh, definitely an aspect. Not something to be taken lightly. So at this point in your career, you've done many different ventures. You mentioned you had another one before this about safety. Uh, how Have you always been motivated by, let's say, sustainability or eco-friendly concerns? Has your thoughts, have they changed over the years as an entrepreneur? 
What motivated uh, you in the beginning? Yeah, no, but what I was trying to, you know, when introducing myself, speaking about, uh, you know, beating the orphan path, mm. uh, I, the, the common denominator has been to to bring purpose in whatever I've been doing. So yeah, whether it's, that. you know, making better protection for gravity sports athletes, in this case, inspiring towards, you know, uh, zero emission by, you know, sh- providing an alternative, you know, transportation uh, vessel somewhat. Uh, or before that, even before that, I've been in product design and, and uh, throughout my whole career. And, and it has always uh, been about, you know, uh, making sure that there's a true meaning to whatever is actually added on top of what's already out there. Because, again, if we're, we're you know, just being frank, there are too many products out there. We don't need another this or that and so forth. So. I've always tried and challenged myself in in, 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 in in not coming up with something that does not, you know, exceed, uh, you know, in relevancy or, 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 or functionality or safety or, or you know, uh, uh, in this case, you know, uh, being a cleaner vehicle to, to support that, that, that common obligation towards uh, the environment. So... Uh, that has always been my, my case. I've been able to comp- combine my, 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 my eagerness to bring purpose with uh, a bit of, of excitement. Because again, to be honest, uh, everything I've been doing throughout my, li- my life when it comes to constituting businesses around my kind of, you know, uh, my, 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 my passion of doing things, you know, connected to the, the purpose side, it's this, you know, uh, you know, even though I, I was not a motorcycling guy from the beginning, I need to admit that I become a motorcycling guy. I love riding uh, bikes. Uh, the whole, you know, puck story with with you know protection for for skiers and cyclists. Uh, those were areas and spaces I I, I I'm really connected to. Uh, so there's this combination between passion and 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 and, uh, and purpose, which is um, which is the, the the glue to to make me you know going. Do you feel that you always had that sense? You, you said common obligation to our planet. It seems we live in a world where not everybody feels or shares that common obligation or perceives that we do have a common obligation. I certainly do. Yeah. Have you always felt an obligation to the planet? Is that something that you developed over the yeah, years? Yeah, I think that, I, I, you know, I, I think that that might also be something which is is somewhat you know socially uh, related to. Uh, to, to Sweden to some extent, or maybe Scandinavia. I love, I love Sweden and Scandinavia, and yeah. Scandinavia, Scandinavia being a part of Europe and whatnot. Yeah. And I'm not saying that we're better. I'd say that that there's something there's something in Sweden which is, I think, that is really, uh, you know, that has shaped the, the, the mindset of Swedes. There's something called the all man's right. And the all man's right mean, means that that you're, you're allowed to move freely in, in, in nature, wherever it might be, even on private land, as long as you don't disturb someone who has, you know, their house nearby and so forth. So, of course, you can get into someone's garden and put up a tent. But when you're moving out in, in nature, in the mountains or in a, in a forest or whatever it might be, as long as you don't move anything or, or actually break branches and trees and whatever it might be, you can, you know, you can pick mushrooms everywhere. But that has created some kind of a, a um, respect towards, you know, the environment that also involves, I think, the responsibility created in that sense from when you're being a kid, and therefore there is this attitude. It's it's not the 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 the, 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 the full answer, but it definitely, I think, uh, kind of uh, shapes our mindset towards you know 
feeling an obligation, uh, you know, from a more holistic perspective. Yeah, there does seem to be just based on my observation, a, a greater community unification around these concepts, which are, again, sadly debated here. There seems to be that more people or the great majority of people accept that these things are progress. They accept that this is a positive development. And here we're fighting, fighting, fighting for every inch, it seems like. Uh, Whereas, you know, I don't like nobody's questioning the why I, I assume of why you started your company or why you're doing this. They're just saying, hey, let's go. Let's let's make it happen. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I yeah, yeah. Uh, was that a question? No, is it, well, is that true? Am I right about that? Yeah, yeah I think, yeah, I mean. Or is that I, too I, simplistic? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, no, but, but it's somewhere in that, 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 you know, uh, direction or in that, that, that um, landscape, which is basically, uh, and then there are other aspects, you know, just speaking about Sweden, which is, I, I don't want to, you know, uh, sure in any way promote Sweden in that sense, saying that it, it's any better. But I think that one thing which is, we have tons of, of, of unicorns and, and, you know, the startup climate in Sweden is really, really good. And I think it has to do too with the fact that Sweden for different reasons being, you know, being put in, in one of the corners of Europe, far, far north, having been poor, but with the aspiration of always being, you know, a part of something greater, whether it be importing our our you know, you know our, our our king back in the 1600s from 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 France, and you know, uh, socializing with with what's going on in Central Europe and so forth. Uh, I think that we've been trying harder because we've we felt left out somehow. So there is this 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 um, little brother, you know, uh, having to you know uh, straighten up and 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 you know, be visible, that also yeah. kind of stressed us uh, into, to, uh, you know, leaning forward somehow. So, which is not all good, but it, it did, you know, I just, to some extent, uh, uh, open the, the, the door to, uh, you know, uh, uh, not isolating ourselves by wanting to knock on the door to something greater and, and potentially being invited to something which is beyond what we can actually, yeah. you know, achieve back home. That's so great. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Do you feel personally that meeting these kinds of challenges head on, that's trying to solve this type of problem, does it give you meaning in the difficult moments of entrepreneurship? I'm sure it hasn't all been easy. Oh, I'd say that, that you know, running businesses is, is, is all about solving problems. Um, and uh, you're, never, you're never through. I mean, uh, you know, the, the, and this is something that I also, I, I mean, this, this topic now that we're discussing is not primarily to discuss, you know, uh, entrepreneurship. But I think that what really disturbs me is that that there's so many students in business schools and others these days that are being taught to actually to develop business plans, to kind of to to be able to to kind of uh, structure, you know, and 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 speak to a future exit and so forth, where where you know uh, cash is everything. Uh, where I'd say that that. Uh, my take on that is that make sure to bring something that uh, you know makes a difference for someone, and you become successful. So in that sense, uh, uh, just you know, in 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 the light of what we started talking about on this topic, which is basically 
have you been through hard times? Yes, there are always hard times. Of course, it's like a roller coaster. At times, it's super, you know, challenging. At the other times, it's just, you know, the daily issues, you know, coming by. But you need to kind of embrace that and like the 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 atmosphere of of, of dealing with issues because it's always going to be that. Uh, and there's not an end to it. It's not like when you've done this, you're through, and then you can, you know, lean back and mm-hmm. and. and because leaning back is, is not going to get you to where you uh, need to be. And then, of course, you know, one may, may, you know, might take a token and be super lucky and win the, you know, the grand prize. But uh, I think that the entrepreneurship is a, uh, a, uh, a, a, a way of being which is including people from all over the world. There's nothing, I just as we spoke about Sweden, there's nothing unique in that. Uh, but I think the mindset between someone in California, another one in Mexico, a third one in Pakistan, and myself are exactly the same. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. Yeah, and that's the beauty of the internet is that we can see each other and we can connect over these common issues and ideas. Yeah, that's the positive side of all of the connectivity. Is yeah, that yeah, you and I can talk and share and cheer each other on. Yeah, yeah. And we can find those communities and realize that, yes, even though, you know, the majority may not agree or there may be different political climates, I do firmly believe there are people everywhere on the earth who are seeing things from the same perspective. Uh, You mentioned money. You mentioned that the students are being taught that. Is your own personal goal for your vision of yourself, do you see yourself as more starting companies and then selling them and moving from project to project? Or do you feel that you'll stick with this project for a very long time? I think, you know, to, to be, uh, I, I don't have an end, you know, to, in this specific case, you know, I started 2016 from day one, I said that I have very concrete targets uh, when it comes to, uh, you know, 2030. Uh, and and my intention is to stick to, to, to what I'm doing here until 2030. Yeah. Uh, Whatever that means. I mean, I happen to be the founder and the CEO. Now I might end up doing something very different, you know, packing boxes at the warehouse or whatever by 2030. Okay. Yeah. But um, this is this is this is something where I've, there's a timeline, you know, to it. But it's not that I'm selling 2030 or or anywhere before that or after. It's it's, and I never, you know, consider uh, uh, that specific uh, uh, aspect of, of the business. Because you, you you run the business and you 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 can never in detail beforehand point out what the uh, uh, situations, the opportunities, the challenges, and whatever it will be. So you're navigating somewhat. You know what the target is long term, and your way there is going to be. You know, it, 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 there's so many aspects, whether they're macro, you know, trends, whether it be. You know, interest rates going up and, and inflation, you know, accelerating or, you know, war here and war there or, or you know, lack of semiconductors from Asia and therefore, you know, hindering our ability to, 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 to manufacture in the pace we need to, whatever it might be. So there's always this, you know, the game is on. You're playing tennis at all times. So yeah. depending on how that game develops, you just need to be, be prepared for anything. And I guess then another metaphor could be, you need to love, you know, to play, 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 play the game uh, because the game's on. Mm, yeah, that's that's really great. Do you have any advice for when you know that you found that kind of idea that you can sink your teeth into for 14, 20 years? Yeah, Again, yeah, you have, yeah, there's yeah. a world full of ideas. Which one is the yeah, one yeah. you go well, all in on? I think that that is something that I've, I've come to understand and learn throughout my own experiences. So, uh, 
uh, and without boring you with something that I would propose that this is the way you should be thinking, but I kind of, you know, I have my mind is a processing mind. So when there's something that catches me, I start, you know, uh, developing that idea and, and together with, you know, developing it in a, in a forward, forward kind of motion. There's also the other side of me, which is always criticizing the idea, trying to kill it. And, um, uh, in the end, you get to a point where you 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 you, you know you realize that no, this, I'm not going to do this because it has these these and and or those you know uh, uh, you know shortcomings or whatever it might be. So a few times in my life, and the, I think that that I, I've probably I think I've done you know started seven companies or something like that. Wow. Uh, the same the same you know uh, thing happened all those seven times, which which was basically. You know, getting the goosebumps when everything comes together, when all stars are, are aligned, you kind of, you know, you get to the point where, okay. And then th that feeling is like, there's nothing that, that can stop me. I need to make this happen. So that is how I've, you know, uh, and, and also, you know, it's sometimes I've had gaps in my life when I realized I need to live, you know, leave this, this industry or this space. I need to do something else. And then I've potentially been, you know, working on filtering, digesting five to seven different ideas in, in, in parallel. And in the end, there's one that sticks out. And, you know, it, it, I think that the, the, the longest kind of not knowing exactly what I was committed to doing was potentially 18 months. So also, you know, without saying that anyone would have the same experience or if this is something that everyone could actually experience, not trying to be unique, but just being, you know, generous about the fact that we might be different and this is how I do it or how I work. But but uh, I've also learned not to stress myself when the perfect idea is not kind of shaped uh, 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 immediately or at once. Then I just keep working on it and then eventually knock on wood so far in life, it has come to me when I'm like, okay, this is your call. Mm. So when it comes to those brilliant life-changing ideas, do you feel that you are more pushed to them based on data and analytics or is it ultimately just that feeling of goosebumps? No, I think that I, I I work, you know, the opposite. I'm not saying that it's the only way. My, my message is let your heart lead and, the, and your brain will follow. Because uh, if you do, the, do it the other way, if you start by intellectually analyzing an opportunity uh, to fall in love with it afterwards, that is not how I, you know, work. And, and I think it's a much tougher cookie to actually, you know, make that happen. It's like you'd end up... Uh, uh, meeting with someone who you wouldn't find attractive in a bar and then having to learn how to love that that person uh, instead of starting with the positive aspect of things and then investing time in, in that idea to see, you know, is it working and eventually, you know, making a decision a bit down the road. So so uh, uh, I'm sure that the, there's a lot of pragmatic guys that say that I would never, you know, mix feelings with my my pragmatic, rational, you know, perspective on, on, on intellectually dealing with things. But I think that the likeliness of actually succeeding if you let your heart lead, uh, because something that also is passionate is also the learning curve in that sense, because you're so, you know, influenced by this, this feeling of yours, the emotion that you, 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 you dig so deep in ter terms of the different, you know, aspects of that. So you, your, your, your insights and your learning curve is extremely fast. And um, 
And that, again, that's how I work. And I think that uh, there are tons of people that would recognize themselves in that kind of thinking. And I'm sure that there, there's the other perspective where it's all data and it's all, you know, square. But um, that's that's not me. Well, that's a fabulous piece of advice. That last minute was was excellent. So thank you for that. It's a great way to wrap up our show. Um, we're reaching the end of our hour here. Is there anything that you would like to promote or action? Because again, you have new products that are out as of the release of this. So I'll leave the floor to you to close us out here. No, but I, I mean, uh, I, I'd, um, uh, you know, I would love to share the experience of, of, of riding an electric bike. You know, choose any brand, and uh, you know, if you, uh, you know, if you happen to live in Los Angeles, we have this this. Uh, New showroom of ours in, in on Lincoln Boulevard down by by Venice Beach. So, uh, cool. without promoting you guys coming by and, and getting getting or buying a bike, just come by, have a ride. It doesn't cost anything. There are test rides on a daily basis. Uh, it's a it's a good experience. So, uh, if you like, please come by. That sounds awesome. Count me in. I would love to check it out. I'm super excited by this and I'm very fortunate that I'm not so far away. So that works out very great for me personally and for anybody else who happens to be in the area. Yeah. Uh, I'll try to say this correctly. Stefan, how do I say it right? No, Stefan was perfect. Stefan, okay. And Uterborn. Yeah, perfect. Okay, Stefan Uterborn. I'll get it right for the intro, but thank you very much for gracing me with your time. I know it's getting late. I can see the darkness behind you. I know it's evening. You probably had a long day, busy week. I really appreciate you taking the time to sit with me. It's been an absolute pleasure. I think what you're doing is awesome, and it's not just me. Tens of millions in funding, big things on the horizon. You're doing incredibly cool stuff in a space, uh, so keep at it. And again, thousand thanks for just sharing your ideas and your story with me. Thank you so much. It was uh, wonderful, you know, having this chat with you. I loved your questions and uh, hope to see you in real life soon then. Some, that would somehow. be amazing. If I get back, any day I get back to Sweden is a good day. I, I think about it all the time. Yeah. Stockholm changed my life forever. Just wow. all of these things. Because all of these things, I'll quickly just say, the things in the United States that we think of as utopian, and I know that it's not a complete utopia. It's dark and it's cold. I, I understand that it's yeah. not perfect. I've lived there. But so many things that we think of as pipe dreams and impossible here in the United States have just been achieved there in terms of gender equality, cleanliness, the way society is run, infrastructure, Internet, healthcare, education. So many of these things that we just see as impossible are just done over there. And when I experienced that firsthand, it, it blew my mind. I, I truthfully felt that I was living in some kind of movie. And I know that's going to sound very silly to you because it's just daily life. But uh, to me, landing in Stockholm Airport was a pretty life-changing experience from the moment that I landed until the moment that I left. So big fan. If it wasn't so cold, I would have moved there a decade ago. That's the truth. Literally. Unfortunately, it's getting warmer. So well, then maybe, maybe our paths will cross yet. (laughs) No, but to visit anytime yet. Midsommar is what I've got my sights set on, not midwinter because that's when that's going to be the hardest. I hear you. Um, but anyways, thanks, Stefan. I'm going to wrap it up uh, real quick. Uh, well, the, the podcast is officially over. 